Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. Today, we are going to talk about a lot. We have a couple things that are coming up. We don't have anything since last time. I didn't even look. And then we have a couple topics to talk about, like some phones. We want to talk about Apple's car. We want to talk about Disney and Disney Plus. And then we do have the return of Real Tech Minutes, because there are some stories that I just want to talk about very briefly, but not too in-depth as the rest of the stuff. So anyways, let's get along with the intro. If you have any questions, comments, a topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the podcast. I am just now realizing as I read that I didn't tweet out the last two episodes that published, but it's because they're on Thursday and Friday and I was at work both of those days when they were publishing. So I'll go ahead and just throw up a quick tweet right after I record this, and then when this one goes up to publish, I'll tweet this one out as well. So, as I was saying, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's jump straight into what is coming up. The first one that I want to mention is something super interesting, and it is tempting me to spend lots of money. NVIDIA is going to start selling the RTX 3060 on February 25th. It has a price of 329 It comes with 12 gigs of GDDR6, and it's definitely going to be a limited supply. I wrote most likely in the limited supply. It's in the limited supply already. I can tell you for sure right now. I don't even need to look at the numbers. This sucker is going to... There's maybe 10 on the shelves somewhere, and that's it. That's the full supply worldwide. I mean, man, I... This this card seems so compelling. I love the price point. I We talked a lot about it previously when talking about upgrading PC. I am a big proponent of, you, you know, having enough VRAM. Not the most VRAM, but enough VRAM, right? And enough VRAM is, is a lot, plus a little bit of buffer, and man, 12 gigs of GDDR6 sounds really good right now to a dude who's running 8 gigs of Lord knows what the RX 580 has in it. Let me look up the RX 580, 598, 580 specs. Um, but I mean, it's got, I know, I know I have 8 gigs of RAM. Not sure what type it is. I'm going to go guess 4. I'm going to guess, oh no, I got 5. GDDR5. So, you know, just a generation behind. Um, but yeah, still like, man, God, this card at 329, what a, what a price point. I know when you buy your graphics card, that's usually where you spend a lot of money. You, you usually don't cheap out on the CPU, right? You get a decent one. And then when you buy the graphics card, you pour the rest of your budget, as much money as you can into the graphics card. So it'll one, last you the longest and two, give you the most performance for your money right you go and pick the other parts and then you say all right this is the graphics card i'm gonna get or or you start with the graphics card and you're like all right i know i want this graphics card let's build the rest of the build around it to match my budget that kind of thing but this this card man i mean dang this looks good dang this looks good right um but it is definitely in limited supply so good luck if you're going to try to get the sucker on february 25th that is what eight days from now i believe so I put it next thursday yep next thursday um nvidia did confirm earlier and this is obviously just another thing in terms of limited supply that they're bringing back older rtx 2060 and 1050 ti to help ease chip shortage issues i, I don't know how much a 1050 ti is going to help the chip shortage i didn't 
in today's day and age, I don't really like the 1050Ti. I have owned one. I used one briefly when I built my new PC because I simply uh, forgot about the graphics card. I didn't forget about the graphics card. I planned to delay it. I thought I would be able to use the display port output on the back of my computer. On the back of my motherboard, I mean. Um, but then, you know, somebody's like, this was when I was very, very early on into building uh, PCs, and somebody's like, you need a graphics card in there, otherwise it just won't work. And so I was like, frick, what, what's the cheapest thing that I can buy that can give me some decent performance for a little while until I can get a better card and just so happen to be the 1050Ti. The 1050Ti wasn't too bad. Uh, it certainly wasn't as good as the uh, RX 580. I really like the RX 580 over the 1050Ti. Um, yeah, you know, it's like... 1050Ti today, I can only imagine the the lack of uh, support. Actually, right after this, it, the 1050Ti is running in another build in my house. I ought to go check and see the kind of performance that Sucker's giving, so maybe we'll talk about that in a, another episode, or in the next one, we can come back to it. Um, but yeah, that's it for that. iPhone 13, not sure what it's going to be named yet. Could be named something else. But the next iPhone, 2021's iPhone, the leaks have already begun to circulate, right? A giant article got posted the other day on 9to5Mac where they said a couple of things, a couple of specs, a couple of rumors. A refined matte black finish on the Mac. Interesting, interesting. I really like the frosted glass they had on the iPhone 12. Honestly, the iPhone 12 Pro was, was really, really nice. It's maybe the... Not the first iPhone that I that I liked and thought was appealing, but it's the first iPhone that I was like, wow, you know, just the build of the phone is is enough for me to go out and buy it. It's enough for me to want to go out and buy it, right? If I had the money, I would buy, I would buy the sucker. Would I use it as my daily driver? I don't know. I do plan on daily driving an iPhone here at some point. I just am, you know, kind of waiting a little bit. I do want to see what is going to happen come this year. I probably will buy one this year, see what happens. Um, obviously I've got the Pixel 5 in my pocket and I've been rocking this sucker on the daily and I, I love this thing to death. It is a beast of a phone, the best Google Pixel that they've made easily hands down so far. Um, but you know, there's, there's other stuff out there that I'd really like to get a look at. I'd really like to play around with an S21 Ultra. I'd really like to play around with a Surface Duo. I'd really like to play around with the Samsung Fold. Uh, actually, I'd like the Duo more than the Fold. I'd really like to play around with whatever next Duo comes out than I would like Fold. Fold is nice, but it's honestly, it's more showy to me than anything else. And, uh, you know, it is what it is with when it comes to that one. But anyways, some of the other specs that were leaked and always on display on the iPhone 13, 120 hertz display, similar to what they have in the iPad Pros, stronger MagSafe magnets. This is something that I was expecting them to bring. And I would have honestly been surprised if they didn't because it seemed like the last MagSafe, the, the current MagSafe, I guess I can't say last yet, but the current MagSafe magnets in the back of the phone just aren't strong enough for some of the use cases that they were putting forward, like putting your wallet on it. It seems pretty easily come off when you're trying to slide it in your pants. Unbox Therapy did a video on this, and clearly there's some improvements to be made there. And finally, they have a new astrophotography mode trying to go head-to-head -head with Google Pixel. Um, this should be interesting. Um, just astrophotography mode in general is something that I wish I took more time to play around with. Obviously, I've used it a handful of times. It is very cool. Um, 
but on the aging hardware of the Google Pixel, I have to say, you know, I just, they need to bump up the specs of the next camera to really keep their dominance going. I do believe the Pixel still produces the best images uh, of any of the phones out there, nine times out of 10. Obviously, you know, that 10th time out of 10, there's going to be a shot that I'm like, oh, you know, this one is better for these, for XX and X reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I really love the shooter on the Pixel. And so if iPhone could come out with some kind of astrophotography mode, I'd be interested to see it. I'd be interested to see it. I really like Google Google's processing software. So, you know, it should be interesting to see how they compare. Uh, speaking of phones that are coming up, Samsung, we're going to talk about the A series, a series that doesn't get talked a lot about a whole lot. But it's interesting because one of the A-series was the best-selling phone of the first half of 2020. The A51 was the best-selling phone of the first half of 2020. That's pretty crazy coming from a lineup Samsung hardly promotes at all, to be quite honest. I barely see it in ads uh, that I can recall off the top of my head. Uh, but leaks seem to suggest that the A51 and the A71 or I think it's called the A71, are getting a refresh. So we will be seeing the A52 and the A72 coming in pretty soon. The biggest refresh is going to be high refresh rate screens. They will be jumping from 60 hertz to 90 hertz to as much as 120 hertz. There's going to be two versions of potentially both of these phones, at least the A52. Not so sure about the A72 as of yet, um, but they will be getting an LTE version, and which has a 90 hertz display, and a 5G version, which has a 120 hertz display. Uh, we do have some specs for the A52. It's going to have the Snapdragon 750G. It's going to have a 6.5-inch OLED, a 4,500 milliamp-hour battery with 25-watt fast charging, 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, or 8 gigs of RAM with 256 gigs of storage. It'll have a four-camera setup, and it'll be priced at $400 for the LTE version, $550 for the 5G version. So it's clearly coming in at the budget mid-range, a, a solid punch to the gut of the budget mid-range. I do think it would have been a little bit better if it had the 765G in it instead of the 750. The 765G is the one I have in the Pixel 5 right now. It's very, honestly, it's very snappy. You can tell the difference between the 700 series and the flagship 800 series. I can, I will say that, I will admit it, right, out loud. There is a, there's a noticeable difference, at least to me, when I'm playing around because uh, my mom recently got the S21 and it has the Snapdragon 888, the latest anniversary edition of the chimp uh, for this year's Qualcomm's latest dealie, right? And just just within the first couple of seconds of moving it around, it feels a whole lot snappier. I mean, it just feels things are happening so much more instantly than on the 765. Don't get me wrong, the 765 provides really great performance uh, in terms of just, you know, the, the sheer amount of or the lack thereof, of the lack amount of the, uh, what am I trying to say? The lack of battery this CPU uses is insane. I end days almost consistently with half, if not more, battery left on my phone. And that's with heavy use. I mean, I'm using the sucker constantly. I've really got to like sit there for hours on end and watch some videos. And even then I'm ending with 40, 30% battery life. I could easily stretch this phone out for two days if I needed to, to get, and, and, and not worry about how much I'm using it until the end of the last day when I'm getting very close to 
you know, the bottom of the barrel of a battery. But this sucker is, is, is a beast, a beast. And if the 750 is anything like the 765, pairing the 750 with a 4,500 milliamp hour battery is going to dominate. I mean, this sucker is going to destroy. Easily two-day battery life would be my guess. Maybe two and a half. It really depends on the 750 and how power efficient it is. Considering it's not the 765G, it's not shouldn't be as powerful as the 765. Then it, you know it should last a little bit longer paired with such a large battery. Um, but these phones sound really good. I was surprised to learn the A51 was one of the best-selling phones of the first half of 2020. That's just crazy. A52 then will be even better, and no wonder it's getting a refresh and two versions. And two versions? That's just crazy. Um, but, you know, we got to move on here at some point. So what happened since last time? Don't know. Didn't even look. We're moving straight past that segment because let's get into the topics because I want to stick with the smartphone talk. Speaking of phones, we just talked a lot about cameras. I talked a lot about the Google Pixel 5 because I love to mention that sucker. A recent article by Android Authority had a camera shootout between the S21 Ultra and the Pixel 5. Where does the S21 perform better? Where does the Pixel 5 perform better? I looked at the photos side by side myself, and it is very clear. I still really like the Pixel 5. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm here to tell you right now. We like the Pixel 5. We like the Pixel 5. I mean, this phone, this phone is a beast. This phone's a beast. Um, there were some spots where I liked S21 better, and, and I know exactly why I like the S21 better. There is a certain point where... You can only get so much improvement out of just improving the software, and Pixels hit that limit. They're, 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 maybe they could eke out a few more points, right, in, this, in, in terms of uh, camera performance. But they've got to upgrade it next year. They've got to upgrade it. We are using, in the back of the Pixel 5, is the same shooter that has been in the last couple of Pixels. This, this shooter is, is fantastic. It's Sony. Uh, sensor of some kind. I don't remember exactly the type, but it's 12 megapixels made by Sony. It's a beast. When it was in the Pixel 3 and the 3XL, it dominated. There was no better camera on the market at the time. That was two years ago. We are currently on the Pixel 5 now. This needs an upgrade next year. If we do not upgrade the sensor, Google's going to fall behind easily. I know sticking with what you know is you know a safe bet. It makes it very easy. It makes supply very easy. Maybe that's the reason they chose to do it uh, this past time around because they just already have them on hand. If they were going to upgrade to a new one, maybe there was no supply for the new cameras. I can see that. I I would totally get that. And that's fine. That's fine this time around. The Pixel sticks. We cannot have that happen. It has to be a new shooter and it has to be improved. We don't need to up the megapixel count. We just Actually, yeah, up the megapixel count, please. Up the megapixel count and blow everybody else out of the water because the thing that's holding Google back is themselves, clearly in this case. It's not the hardware that they're using. It's the fact that they're not using better hardware. They're not going out there and getting the best bang for their buck in terms of this hardware. They're just kind of where they're sticking with it. If it's ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's not broke, but it's soon to be broke if you don't fix it in advance right and so you kind of have to be proactive get out there a step in front and and fix this thing so with the pixel 6 i expect to see a better a better shooter on the back honestly a better lens because that's where the s21 was outperforming the pixel 5 you look at some of these pictures and the 
the megapixel count, it's, it's clear that it's drawing in more detail in some pictures. And it made their night sight a whole lot better because it's just, it, it, there's so much more for the, for the shooter to capture when it's one, it's newer, two, more megapixels, three, I mean, Sony improves their cameras year over year, so it shouldn't be any surprise that the, that the latest is better at taking shots in some cases. Obviously, Google has a computation for the photography, you know, software running in the background. Killer. Unbeated. Or undefeated. Unbeatable. Whatever you want to say, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's clear that we're starting to lag behind. We need to see a step up this coming year. Uh, and that is probably where they would have their money best spent is on a new shooter. Um, but, you know, there's another phone out there that people have been telling a lot this year that we need to talk about. The iPhone 12 mini. That's right, the iPhone 12 mini. I do know of some people who have purchased it. I've never seen it in person. I just, you know, it's still a pandemic, man. I know it's getting better. I know it's getting better. But I'm not going out just yet. I, I, if I don't have to go out, I don't really want to go out. Um, you know, even and even that means like avoiding some people who are coming into town and would like to meet up. I'm like, hey, look, I'm sorry, it's tough, but you know, I've had it. I, I know I'm in that grace period right now where I can't get it again, and and all, but I, I just, you know, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it, and so. I would like to go and hold these phones in my hands and see them. I like to go to Best Buy and do that often and go and check out whenever there's a new phone. I go and I try to get some hands-on time with it just to, just even if not to play around with it, I like to just look at it, right, and get the feel for the size and the, and the design language and all these other aspects that feed into this phone. And the iPhone 12 mini is one that I'd really like to do that with, but I just haven't had a chance. Um, but But... But something's wrong. The sales are reportedly well below expectations, and some rumors are even indicating now that the device might not make a return. So, why? What happened? What's wrong? Right? I, you're like, you're like Parker, bro. You said a, a while back that there's a huge market for this. There's a huge market for for smaller form factor phones, and there is. Look at the Pixel Five. This sucker is small form factor, and it's fantastic. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I just dropped on the desk. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I was going to type in A51, and I was going to look it up. I believe the A51 is of the bigger variety. Yes, it is. A51 is of the bigger variety. I was going to say, look at the A. And some of the A series are smaller devices. I don't, you know, know off the top of my head which ones are which. Anyways, you look at the iPhone SE, or the old one, the new 2021. I mean... These are all smaller devices. The problem is, the price has to match. And with the iPhone 12 mini, the price did not match. Right? And so if we go iPhone 12 mini, right? It was $700. You're lying. iPhone 12. Okay, if I hit buy iPhone 12 and 12. I thought it was 700 flat. It is 700 flat. Okay, it's 700 flat. But that's the wrong price. The 
iPhone 12 mini should not be 700 flat. That's way too high for such a small form factor device. You have to think about it from the consumer's perspective. When they see a device that's smaller, they expect a requisite drop in price equivalent to what is expected. And that phone should have come in at 600 at, at like least 600, right? That would have been the best move. And the sucker would have killed it. Maybe they priced it 700 to not kill the iPhone 12, the regular one, priced at 8. But if that's the case, drop the 12 mini down to 650, right? Even extra 50, 649, right? Started at 649, I think it would have killed it a lot better. I think it would have really shined. It would have really shown, shine. I don't know, whatever, at 599. Uh, that would that would be in my mind the ideal price point. I know people are gonna say, but then remember on stage when they showed up all the phones and they're selling some of the older ones at that price. Get rid of the old phones. Screw that junk. Knock them down the totem pole. Knock off the one that's on the end and shift everything downwards. You don't need to fill every single price point, right? Apple is kind of deviating from their own brand on this. Whereas in the past, they've always said, here's this year's iPhone, boom, this is what you get. And now they're saying, well, here's this year's iPhone. But also remember, we have iPhones at other price points too. And so they're kind of taking the Samsung strategy where Samsung is just, Samsung takes a ton of phones, throw them all at the market and looks to see what sticks, right? And clearly that's not the strategy Apple's going for. They're not going that intense. But come on, these phones need to be priced responsibly and competitively and reasonably. And, you know, if you don't price your phone well like this, it's not going to sell well. And on, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't make a comeback. That's tough. I'd like to see it make a comeback. Would I buy this phone as my jump into the iPhone space? I'd heavily consider it at $599, even though I really like pro models i really like what's going on there i probably just just for a jump in i probably wouldn't spend the pro money i would probably spend the mini money right i'd spend the mini money and at 599 it would be without a doubt in my mind the one that i would go with but let's stick with apple for a second let's talk evs what has been happening the rumored apple car has been blowing up and i'm sure you all have been wondering you know i keep hearing apple's building a car what what the heck apple's building a car what the heck so here it is. Rumors emerged a while, while back. I do believe it's been like four or five years now that Apple's working on an electric car. Uh, there has always been this rumor floating out there. Steve Jobs floated the idea, but you know he was too busy focused on the iPhone. Uh, but then recently, it gained traction as rumors started to float that Apple's in talks with Hyundai, Kia, Nissan, different car companies, right? And each of these car companies was getting a bump in stock and in their stock price and and there was rumors that oh, Apple's going to invest X amount of dollars into Hyundai and Kia, right? Or like $3.5 or something like that. And they're all falling through, right? Nothing is coming out of it. Why are they all falling through? Because they bloody went public with it. One of them tweeted out the stupid thing that they were talking with Apple. And hours later had to delete the tweet. Apple doesn't like that junk, man. I don't know why these people thought that would be okay. Apple's trying to fly under the radar here, even though it's a known secret. 
Apple's been working on a car. They don't want it to be out in the public to who they're working with. They, they're trying to keep it under wraps. They want to jump out and surprise everybody. Um, when it does come through at the end with like, oh, look at the spec sheet, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, that, that leaves the question, who could make the Apple car? There was a Bloomberg article that talked a lot about how there are manufacturers who act as the Foxcons of cars, which, which is basically a manufacturer who just makes the cars doesn't put any of their own branding on it or whatever leaves the final touches of those kind of things that's kind of what foxconn does foxconn makes a lot of technology products for other companies uh basically just kind of like a middleman manufacturer where the company just comes to them says we want this manufactured gives them the specs foxconn goes out and makes it boom turns around hands right back to them and then they finish it up you know they throw on their software they throw on their branding they throw on you know some finishing touches or whatever or maybe foxconn's just making some components and then they're throwing that into whatever final piece uh, but there are people in there are companies and manufacturers in the car space that do something similar and apple could go to one of them but i think being that it's apple they're going to want to go with somebody who's tried and true and well tested in the luxury market apple is you know positioning themselves as a luxury brand they're going to want to go with a luxury automaker because they're going to want that level of experience that comes with being a traditional automaker so my best guesses get guesses guesses are porsche and bmw uh porsche or porsche however you want to say it this is Porsche BMW. Honestly, I, like, who else is there? I don't see them working with Volkswagen. I don't see them working with Hyundai or Kia. What the frick? No. Nissan? No. Come on. Apple would not stick their names anywhere near those three. They were probably just talking to them, trying to get a feel for the market. Or maybe it's their whole play to indicate, hey, we want to do something. So we're going to talk to these lower guys, and hopefully the bigger guys will come and say, no, 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 work with us, right? They could be playing the little mind game tricks or whatever. Who knows? But I don't see it being anybody else other than these two. Maybe I'm missing a luxury automaker. Um, it'd have to be somebody who does mass market as well. Uh, I don't... Yeah, no other brands come to the top of mind. Maybe I'm just not thinking hard enough. Um, Mercedes-Benz, maybe, maybe, I guess. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about uh, Mercedes-Benz as they currently stand. I know it's, you know, Dahmer AG or whatever is the parent company, soon to be renamed Mercedes-Benz. I know that at least. But I, I just don't know enough about their current lineup of their cars and, and what other sub-brands they've got underneath them. Maybe BMW or Porsche is one of their sub-brands. I don't freaking know. I don't, like, there's so many car auto manufacturers that have these luxury deal cars under their sub-brands. It's just not too much for me to keep up. Um, but why? Obviously, I already said it. Brand isn't everything to Apple. Uh, you've got to be the right brand for Apple to pair up with you. And it has to be... A, if Apple's going to produce it, Apple's going to put their name on it, it's got to be a luxury product with high-quality manufacturing behind it. That's why they go to one of these traditional auto producers, not some third-party manufacturer, right? Um, so, speaking of EVs, sticking in the EV space, I do want to come back to the Apple car and maybe talk about it a little bit later, but I got we got to keep her moving here. We're already at 27 minutes. I'm trying to keep this relatively decently short for you guys. Um, but Ford, 
Ford is looking to increase investment in EVs by more than double. They previously put forward 11.5 billion through 2022. Now they're putting 29 billion through 2025. So 7 billion of that is on autonomous vehicles. 22 is on EVs. Who else is looking to put more forward? Look forward to the upcoming special series we will start titled Tech Study Hours. We talked about, about it during the part three of the recap where I wanted to start doing a special series. And I gave you guys a list of topics. Uh, and this is going to be the first entry. So as mentioned before, it's a series where we will focus on one topic go really in depth i don't know how far in depth i don't even i haven't even written the script and i still want the thing to come out this week i have little bits and pieces that i have thrown together but i i know nothing solid just yet i know it's going to come out this week i know i'm going to record it soon so you know just stick around keep uh, an ear out for that It'll, a tweet will pop up at some point but the first entry into the series is going to be titled evs are the future and obviously as i already mentioned airing sometime this week but finally let's talk about disney before jumping into some real tech minutes disney announced in their quarterly earnings call that disney plus had surpassed 95 million subscribers far outpacing all estimates most seem to place them around 60 to 70 million as far as i checked last and this puts it likely to pass netflix next year becoming the world's largest streaming service. Holy crap. Holy crap. Disney Plus is absolutely killing it. I, I knew Disney Plus would be a winner, but I didn't know they were going to beat the living crap out of every other streaming service. Take all the food out of their pantry and fridge, eat it in their house, and then just l and leave. And then come back a couple minutes later and beat the living crap out of them again. I mean, it's disgusting the beat down disney is currently giving to the streaming space they are killing it they're killing it if you haven't heard somebody talk about wandavision then you aren't even paying attention you don't even know what's happening you must be living under a rock i haven't seen wandavision but i've seen so much about wandavision and it just goes to show the power of of disney disney's a powerhouse and disney plus is just basically a creative outlet for them it's it's raw i've had people who i wouldn't even expect come up and try to talk to me about you know these different disney plus shows and i'm like i don't i don't even know what the frick you're talking about right now because i i'm so far behind i'm just trying to keep up with all my other shows and i honestly haven't even been spending that much time recently watching t uh television or tv shows anime youtube any of that check i've been focused on on these other projects that i've been working on it's like man <laughs> there's not enough time to go around I still know one thing is true in my heart. It's that Disney Plus is absolutely killing it. I mean, this is just disgusting. This is disgusting. Um, And in this earnings call, Bob Chappelle, I mean, this man was coming out swinging. God bless. I, I, I already love this dude. You know, I miss Bob Iger. Rip Bob Iger, my man's. He's not dead or nothing. He's just no longer the CEO of Disney. And got replaced by Bob Chappelle. But Bob Chappelle plays no games, and I love it. Um, he told listeners that a ramp up in franchise content is happening as it's their best play of content. Obviously, we've already seen that. Tons and tons of these franchises that they already own are getting major 
boost. He also said that the next NFL TV rights deal has to make sense for shareholders. Make sense for shareholders. You hear that, NFL? He's coming for your throats if you don't give him a decent price on the NFL TV streaming rights. He don't want them. Suck out of here with that crap. He owns ESPN. He doesn't need none of your streaming, right? You need his streaming. You need Bob Chappelle's streaming. What a legend. What an absolute legend. Estimates placed the coming deals were worth around $100 billion for Netflix. Or not Netflix, sorry. NFL, right? These upcoming streaming rights um, plans. But now Disney is going to put some insane downward pressure on NFL's streaming price. And NFL has to drop it. I don't see NFL not wanting access to ESPN. It doesn't make sense to me because ESPN is how most other cable companies get their streaming through for like football and those kind of things. ESPN Plus obviously has a decent subscriber base. It's like 12 or something million the last time that I checked. I'm not exactly sure. I could be far off on that. It could have grown a little bit in the time. But... ESPN is synonymous with sports, and if NFL, you know, people say, oh, well, NFL just goes to somebody else. NFL just go to somebody else, right? Fair enough. NFL could go to YouTube. NFL could go to an Amazon. NFL could go to a, CBS, a Viacom CBS, right? Like, a, NFL could go to AT&T and say, let's make a deal, right? Who wants to make a deal? Let's make a deal. Let's put some money on the table. But ESPN hosts all sports. If you're NFL and you skip out on ESPN, ESPN's just going to promote something else. And the vast majority of people who watch sports, I guarantee you watch ESPN to some degree or another. And if they are heavily promoting, say, a soccer, uh, a, a, a frick rugby, I don't know, baseball, a golf, if they heavily promote something else other than NFL, you're getting your lunch eaten i mean that is basically signaling doom for nfl i think i i don't see them promoting anything other than soccer that's why i kind of stopped when i said soccer because it's so much more popular worldwide uh especially overseas in places like europe and places uh like south america um where soccer is the is the leading sport and it's really only here nfl is the leading sport but that could change. That could just shift. You could see soccer go mainstream. Obviously, soccer's already mainstream, but I think you could see soccer become the mainstream here in the United States if NFL doesn't play by ESPN's rules. I don't. I really think they don't have a choice. I really think they don't have a choice. They have to play by Disney's rules. Otherwise, they're screwing themselves over. Because you you have to think about it in the long term. Sure, in the short term, NFL could go to a YouTube, a Viacom, CBS, a uh, AT&T, and say, let's make a deal. We're done with Disney. We'll give you everything, and we'll give you to it at a better price just because Disney spit on us. And Disney says, all right, no sweat. Time for soccer. And they roll up, they roll up this giant program of portfolio this portfolio of programs and they flood it onto espn and the espn plus and, and whatever other little espn dealies they have and and soccer 
is already hit. A lot of people already watch soccer, but it just it just explodes exponentially, right? It's just exponential growth at that point, um, especially with the funding that Disney's got to pump into this thing. I mean, and, you know, speaking of funding, the final thing we have for Disney is rumors also claim that Disney is looking into buying MGM. Uh, so Disney is already working on assuming full control of Hulu after their most recent acquisition of the uh, remainder of it. So MGM has an estimated $5 billion in assets and over 4,000 titles in their catalog. To me, sure, 4,000 titles is cool. Throw them on Disney+. Plus. But for whatever reason, when I read this article about this rumor, that $5 billion in assets hit me, and I was like, hmm, maybe, just maybe, we haven't talked about it yet, we briefly mentioned it, maybe, just maybe, the $5 billion in assets might be the main play, play here. MGM is based in California, but Disney could take that $5 billion in assets and move it to another state, another city, right, somewhere where they already have operations set up, a Florida and Atlanta, and boom, new new movie production hub because they're trying to uh, re- extract themselves from California. M- maybe not the park. You don't need to take away Disneyland, right? But you want to get the majority of your revenue-making business out of California if you can, and I do think, for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off on this, but the five billion in assets. I when I saw that, I was like. Interesting, 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 because that feels like the play here. That feels like the play. Maybe they just need it because of all the content they're producing, and they want to produce more content. goes right in line with what Bob Chuck was saying, with you know ramping up franchise content production. I can see it. But I could also see this other side play, where, yes, $5 billion is great to ramp up the production of franchise content, but hey... We're gonna start a new street. We're gonna start a new movie production hub somewhere else because we don't like California as much anymore. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll save that for uh, another time. Talk about it more in depth. We are almost at 40 minutes, so let's jump into real tech minutes. We're gonna blow through these as quickly as possible. Carl pays nothing. Technologies now owns Essential, the phone producer that made one phone, and it was stock. Android. So Carl Pei, if you don't know, is a former director of OnePlus. He st- left the company and started his own technology brand. He didn't leave on bad terms. He's just kind of done. You know, once you've been with a, with a company for long enough, kind of like a Jeff Bezos, a uh, uh, Robert Iger, Bob Iger, however you want to refer to him, you know, at some point you just got to, you know, take your exit, step away, like every other CEO. And he wanted to start his own daily uh, nothing Technologies is looking to start with an array of wireless earbuds and an expanded smart home tech. And it looks like, you know, over in the UK, in the Intellectual Property Office, it showed some documents where Andy Rubin, the former founder of Android and owner of Essential, signed over his ownership to Nothing Technologies. Uh, I did read that maybe the main play here is some of their patented technology, which has to do with voice recognition and, you know, smart home stuff, which is where they're looking to expand, smart home tech. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out of nothing technologies. Google is looking to implement, or sorry, improve Android 12's privacy features. 
through an anti-app tracking feature similar to what Apple implemented recently. It comes at the same time as Google is also working to kill cookies. Is Facebook dead in the water? That's a good question. The future of advertising space, what is that going to look like now, right? Because a lot of advertising currently is tracking, is cookies, is these unique identifiers. Google's killing that. You know, it, they'd already started with the cookies, and then Apple comes out with anti-tracking and gets away with it, right? Nobody was able to stop them. Facebook caused a huge roar, right, over the whole thing. They even recently quoted Mark Zuckerberg saying, we need to inflict pain. I could never see Mark Zuckerberg saying the words inflict pain on Apple, right? But, I mean, hey, Google's a lot bigger than Apple in terms of reach. Sure, maybe they're not valued as much, but their reach is gigantic. Reach gigantic. And if Google does this, screw you, Facebook. Get cucked, bro. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it'll most likely become a thing. I don't see it not becoming a thing, considering Apple's recent moves. It'll be probably similar to the cookie replacement approach, though. Instead of Apple's outright ban on in-app tracking, it'll probably just throw you in groups, which sure won't be the end of app tracking, but dang, it'll be tough. It'll be tough to do anything else. It'll be it'll be tough. It won't even be similar to what it was like before. It'll be totally different. The revenues will be far, far less for other companies uh, who just won't have access to the treasure trove of data anymore. That's how it is. Uh, Huawei CEO wants to talk to President Biden. He's looking to reset relations with the U.S. and he would like to be able to buy and sell to U.S. companies again. I get this. I understand this completely. I would be interested to see what would come of uh, these two groups coming together and, and you know having some kind of discussion. Should they be unblacklisted? I really don't know. I would like for them to investigate again and see you know take a really really good look at what Huawei is doing and and see if you know the ban should still stand. I'm not saying that the past administration, the Trump administration was wrong in banning them. I'm not, you know. It's it's suspicious what was going on over there, right? It make it raises a couple eyebrows. But I would like to see the topic revisited just to get so, something a lot more concrete on it because it did kind of feel like it happened and there was a lot that was said and then it just kind of went away because other stuff cropped up and started happening again. So, you know, I would like a conclusion to to this whole thing. Should we ban them permanently? Or should we allow them back, right? Uh, and speaking of foreign presidents, President Putin is considered joining Elon Musk on for a chat on Clubhouse. So I've heard a lot about Clubhouse recently. It is an increasingly popular, currently exclusive social media app that is like a live discussion. So it's basically a bunch of rooms. You can jump into a room and you can hear audio from people talking in the room but only approved speakers, so you have to be approved in advance to talk in that room. Um, Elon Musk reached out on Twitter to the Kremlin's official Twitter profile. He said, hey, Putin want to join me for a discussion on Clubhouse? And the Kremlin was like, yo, what's up? Uh, they didn't immediately say no. They said, you know, well, we're going to reach out. We want to understand exactly what Elon Musk is proposing, and then we'll make a decision, which is fair, entirely fair. I understand that. You know, I 
<laughs> as much as I, this is so weird. This is so surreal. President Putin and and Elon Musk. This guy, I don't know. Is that even his? Is I, I was trying so hard to look up what title you refer to Putin as. However you feel about the man, you know, it, it is what it is. I've got my own feelings on the subject, but I still refer to people by their titles. That's just how I am. It's a part of me, you know. It is what it is. Um, I, what do you, what do you call a premier, president, a leader, uh, arch, demon, subclass three? Frick if I know, man. But anyways, uh, Putin and Musk talking in in an app called Clubhouse. <laughs> that's that's so surreal. 2020 is a trip so far. It's been fantastic, and it is only going up from here. So with that, we'll finish up today's Real Tech Hours. Today, we looked at the upcoming RX 3060, as well as some upcoming phone rumors. Then we discussed the situation with Apple and electric vehicles while announcing the new Tech Study Hour series with the first entry titled EVs Are the Future. We also discussed Disney's continued streaming dominance before jumping into Real Tech minutes as always if you have a question comment topic you want to see discussed or you just want to reach out send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com that's realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com you can also follow the podcast on twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates you can find this podcast on spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts